Mark Twain, I think, is alleged to have said, I, I never failed to see an opportunity until it had ceased to be one. The uncertainty that is dominating our world right now, uncertainty in a number of levels, that is where opportunity is. And for business leaders, this is a time to essentially reset. And I think that's where the asthma process, the process of building and or confirming or adjusting your asthma is so important in terms of being able to think strategically and act tactically. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hey, Gavin here. You love the audio format because you listen to podcasts. I'm a massive fan of learning through audio courses and books. What I particularly like about Knowable is that courses are short form, like a podcast, and expert-led, like an audiobook, with courses on leadership from the commander of the International Space Station and on startups from the co-founder of Reddit. Grab yourself 20% off with coupon code GAVIN, in capital letters, G-A-V-I-N, which brings the price down to just over $3 a month. It's a no-brainer. Download the Knowable app or visit knowable.fyi. Use code GAVIN to get 20% off. Hey, Gavin here. Welcome back to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Major General Robert W. Mixon Jr. Robert has now retired, but he's an expert on leadership. Clearly, in his days in the military, he was very, very accomplished in the skill and the art of leadership. And he shares with us six pillars of leadership with some really effective insights. Also, some gems around when people are looking for clarity and looking for certainty, now you need to take charge and stay calm, and how a daily self-audit can help you with that. There's a huge lot packed into this conversation. I know you'll get a lot from it. So let me introduce you now to Major General Robert Mixon, Jr. Hi, Gavin here. Welcome back to the Business Mastermind podcast. Um, a great honour, my guest today is Major General Robert W. Mixon, Jr. He has achieved over three decades of extraordinary leadership success in diverse organisations, including the United States Army, where he commanded the 7th Infantry Division, and uh, for parts in Colorado, Colorado prior to his retirement. And subsequently, he has served in executive leadership positions in both for-profit and non-for-profit organizations prior to starting his own leadership company, Level 5 Associates. Uh, Robert's got a huge amount of experience in very diverse circumstances around leadership and improving, improving performance and achieving objectives. And we're going to have a conversation today about um, Robert and his team at Level 5 Associates, um, six pillars of leadership. But we're going to then evolve that, expand that into the context about how can you apply these levels of leadership in a post-pandemic, post-COVID business environment. So, Robert, welcome. It's a great honor to have you here, sir. Welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Uh, Thanks, Gavin. It's great to be here and uh to have a conversation with you about uh, my favorite topic, which is uh, leadership. So um, your career has been right from the get-go, has had this thread, very strong core through it of leadership. And you were, uh, I make the assumption, trained in the art, the science of leadership from you know a, a relatively young age. Um, 
what was if you could think back what was your first experience where you realized that leadership was something that you would want to perfect and that you would probably always be working to working on to improve your capability or your talent as a leader well i think early on probably my teenage years uh i had a propensity to take the responsibility for the welfare of others uh, i think it first occurred uh, in the athletic fields uh, when i was a, a high school athlete and then in other forums of my high school experience and then when i got to uh, west point i was uh, grouped with 1400 other young men those days from around the world and i i found myself uh, in the midst of uh, young men of great character who also had the same propensity and I wanted to be like them. So to this day, uh, there are 800 plus of us who were graduates uh, four years later. Uh, most of us are still very close friends and uh, I count them among my role models in leadership because they demonstrated that they would walk the talk and I wanted to be like them. Fantastic. So um, you just outlined for me that six pillars of leadership and um, very succinctly and effectively articulated those to me. So I'd love you to share for the listeners, you know, the six pillars of leadership, please. Well, the six principles are not rocket science and, and I didn't develop them myself. I was privileged to be taught by others. Uh, the first of the six is set the asthma. And uh, most people in the business world are not familiar with the term asthma. I co-opted it from the military because I thought it was cool, but what it really captures is the framework of what is our mission? Who are we? What do we do? Why do we do? Second, what is our intent? I took that from the military as well. And by that, I mean, what's our end state three to five years from now? What do we look like? And then what are the key tasks we must perform in order for that end state to come to life? And then what's the purpose? What's the why uh, for, for doing what we're doing here in terms of the intent? So basically, the intent is the distillation of the mission into more discrete components. The third component of the azimuth is values. What do we believe in? And you have to collectively decide what these are and write them out, define them. And then the fourth component is what's our culture? What are the behaviors we expect people to represent that bring the values to life? So the first component of the six, set the azimuth, has four sub-elements in it. Uh, the second component is listen. And uh, as, as my mom, hi mom, God bless you, has told me a thousand times, you know, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. And yet, I pretty much ignored that for a lot of my career. So the big six principles for me were, I learned them by screwing them up more than anything else. Uh, I think most people, you know, fall, fall into the Stephen Covey uh, question, where he asked the question, you know, are you listening with the intent to understand, or are you listening with the intent to reply? I think most of us are in the latter category. And so we have to work at listening. Uh, it's leader business and it takes persistence, but listening leaders are by far more effective leaders. The third principle is trust and empower. We talk about trust and empowerment. I believe we have to bring it to life. We have to bring it to life by delegating authority and then you, you retain responsibility, but you delegate authority to people uh, as leaders in your organization because they're ready for it and you've prepared them for it. And then their ownership level grows because they have more responsibility in the organization. The fourth principle is do the right thing when no one's looking. I think Gavin, you and I were talking about uh, a recent case in the Wall Street Journal where 
senior leaders of Volkswagen uh, were personally accountable for paying the company back over $350 million because of their, their wrongdoing, which damaged the company and its culture. Uh, we, don't, uh, we don't need that in our business leadership. Uh, we need people who are doing the right thing, and they're doing it because it's right. Uh, it can't be all about profit. It's got to be about doing right and having those values, uh, having the right values and embodying. The fifth principle is when in charge, take charge. And essentially that means that you're the calm and the chaos, that you can be a good, bad news taker, that you can maintain the asthma of the team and the organization in the midst of crisis. And I think we're, we've been right in the middle of crisis. And we've seen some companies sustain that uh, level of being in charge and being the calm and the chaos and, and revisiting their asthma. Because all six of the principles are interconnected. And we've seen others that use panic as their, out, as their avenue. And there's, there's no reason for panic in the big six model because you don't have to. You built a team of people have an azimuth and a purpose, and they, you can be the calm and the chaos, and so can they. And the sixth principle is balance, personal and professional. Balance is not about hours and work life. Balance is about energy. It's about your four energy levels, your physical, your spiritual, your emotional, and your mental. Those batteries have to be charged on a continuing basis, or you're not productive. You're not healthy. You cannot serve the team as a leader that they deserve to be led by. So balance is an issue of nurturing those batteries and not so much an issue of time. You know, people talk about time management. You can't manage time, time is finite. So I think that uh, just leads us in the wrong direction here in understanding what balance is. But those six principles have served me well when I've applied them. And I've seen a number of companies where leaders have, have bought into the concept of the big six and they've applied them through thick and thin, and it's really made them successful in a number of ways. And I think what we're facing now is an opportunity of a lifetime with what we've been through in the last 18 months. I want to, that's where I want us now to pick up about the opportunity of a lifetime and the application. I know you recently uh, ran a webinar entitled, Who Saw This Coming Now? What Do We, uh, now, now what do, we do? And um, there was, a, 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 from what you've explained, a very engaging debate and questions that came from that, uh, that webinar. Um, where, where do we go now? You know, what is, how do we see this opportunity that you and, and many other uh, inspired leaders see? I think we go upward, upward in terms of performance, in terms of uh, the health of our culture, in terms of the buy-in we achieve from our members of our team. I think we go there by taking the big six and applying them rigorously throughout our organization. You know, I wrote a book in 2017 called We're All In, The Journey to a World-Class Culture. And I talked about the five levels of culture, just like the leadership model, and what it takes to create a level five culture, what, what it looks like, what it feels like. For us, this opportunity in the change in the world should jolt us a little bit in terms of saying, okay, who are we and what do we represent? What is our culture? Are we walking the talk? If not, how do we, how do we get there? How do we invest in each other? First, the first person you have to lead is you. And you know, a good friend of mine, Brigadier General Becky Halstead, wrote a great book with that very title. The first person you have to lead is you. So you've got to embark on a personal journey 
of discovery as a leader. And uh, one of the things I do level five associates is I do executive coaching with a number of leaders one-on-one -on -one and help them build a roadmap for their personal journey. And uh, it takes a while. You know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna move the needle in your own leadership model or in those of others or in, in the culture and the ecosystem of your organization without investment of time and energy. And I would say you've got to expect uh, a year or two for this to, to really take shape. But the opportunity is here and now, if you're willing to start today, uh, you can do this. And, uh, and what are some of the common areas that you find that business leaders need to work on in, so that they become better leaders of themselves? Well, I'll go back to the big six, Gavin. Uh, you know, the, the most insightful leaders are those who understand the concept of setting the asthma. And they have, they have brought in their team and they've actively set up, you know, established a mission, the intent, our values, and our culture. And that's part of the drumbeat of the organization. So they have, in, somewhat, in some ways, a singular focus on alignment. The most successful leaders I've seen in the, in the past 18 months and, and going forward, I think, we'll see, are those who focus on alignment and, and that common understanding of who we are, where are we going, what do we need to do to get there? Uh, you know, if, I, if I could just pause you there for a second, um, I, I think actually revisiting the azimuth is so crucial now, but I'm not seeing that level of behavior in business owners. And I, I typically work in the small to medium business space and mm -hmm. um, I'm seeing business owners getting their teams back in, head down, we need to push to make up for lost ground on sales, on profit, etc. And they're not stopping to reevaluate the changing marketplace. They're not rechecking in on mission, intent, values, and culture, because operational. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. And um, if I was to stop them and press pause, um, I get a look of complete. So come on, we need to go back to, in your language, resetting or reconnecting with the azimuth. I would get a look of what are you crazy? So. Um, we haven't got time for that now. So why is it so important right now to be, you know, reconnecting with, realigning with the azimuth, the mission, the intent, the values, the culture? Well, as Mark Twain, I think, has led to have said, I, I never failed to see an opportunity until it had ceased to be one. Uh, you know, so. yeah. the, the, the uncertainty that's, that is dominating our world right now, and uncertainty in a number of levels, um, that is where opportunity is. And for business leaders, this is a time to essentially reset. And I think that's where the azimuth uh, process, the process of you know, building and or confirming or adjusting your azimuth is so important in terms of being able to think strategically and act tactically. The most successful business leaders I have seen at the small business, medium business level, and that, that's my operating area for the most part too. The most successful ones are the ones who understand the value of that term I just stated. They know that they as leaders of the company have to think strategically and they have to build a team of leaders in their company who understand the concept of thinking strategically, but they, they still act tactically within the context of the asthma that the tactical activity should take place. Um, as a young, young leader, I was uh, privileged to work for some great military officers. And one of them uh, 
when I came in and said, sir, I don't know what to do about this and that and the other, he would repeatedly come back to me and say, well, Robert, what's our intent? And if I understood the intent, you know, the end state of our mission, right? Uh, the key tasks associated with it and the purpose, the why. If I understood that and I backbraced him, if you will, on what it was, or at least the framework, then he would ask me, well, Robert, why are you asking me what to do? You know, the best, the best organizations out there today and tomorrow are going to be the ones where they understand the, the asthma they have. They understand uh, and, and embody the values and behaviors that that asthma represents. And then they have a bias for action. And I really like that term. You know, the bias for action means in the absence of specific instructions, we're going to operate within the intent. And we may make a mistake, but we're also a learning organization. We're not a blaming organization. This is not the time to have a blaming organization. This is the time to build a learning organization. Uh, one of my favorite questions when I talk with groups of people in the workshops that I conduct, I, I do workshops on each of the big six, uh, spaced by several weeks apart, uh, because I think you have time, have time to process the tools we give you if you're a toolbox. This is not an esoteric uh, framework. This is a practical application of leadership here we're talking about. But, in that context, you know, I think the bias for action kind of, it emerges from uh, the conversations that we're having. Uh, you know, leaders, leaders want to be trusted and empowered, at least the ones that I want to be around. Uh, but I've got to prepare them to be trusted and empowered. I've got to work at this. Uh, one of the tools that I find uh, prevalent in the high-performing organizations, as well as the focus on the ESMA, is the focus on the most important meeting and that meeting is the one-on-one. -on -one. Mm. And yet it is the least scheduled meeting in so organizations true. that are less successful. So because they say, I don't have time to do it. I said, well, okay, if this is the most important meeting, Robert, that you could have, and yet you're not having it, now what's wrong with this picture? What do you think your leaders are interpreting that to me? Well, I think they interpret it to mean that you're, you're going to talk the talk, but you're not going to walk the walk. So how are you going to build a great company? I don't, or culture. I don't think you are. I think all you're going to have is a mediocre culture at best. Hey, Gavin here. You love the audio format because you listen to podcasts. I'm a massive fan of learning through audio courses and books. What I particularly like about Knowable is that courses are short form, like a podcast, and expert led, like an audio book, with courses on leadership from the commander of the International Space Station and on startups from the co-founder of Reddit. Grab yourself 20% off with coupon code GAVIN, in capital letters, G-A-V-I-N, which brings the price down to just over $3 a month. It's a no-brainer. Download the Knowable app or visit knowable.fyi. Use code GAVIN to get 20% off. What are your uh, tips, your advice on making those one-to-ones meaningful, effective? Uh, first, I would say you've got to... Uh, Put them on your calendar and make them happen. You can't let them be negotiable to other tactical activities because this is a tactical activity which has direct strategic implications on your organization. The second one is, I would say they need to be at least 30 minutes to an hour each. Yeah. And third, they have to be based on a question architecture, a thoughtful okay. question architecture. For example, Gavin, if I ask you, how's it going? Uh, do you think that's a, a power question is a term I like to use? Is that, a, am I going to get information I can use from that question? Absolutely not. So 
when you and I are having one-on-one, I would start the conversation with, uh, Gavin, what's, what's the biggest challenge you, you're facing this week? Yeah. And then put on your two ears and listen. Yeah. Listen to the response. Take some notes. You know, yeah. I have a folder that I use with each of my uh, direct reports that, you know, I'm an old school kind of take notes person. Uh, and we don't have any, uh, you know, computer screens or phones or anything else is in the room where we are. I don't even have a desk as a barrier. I use a round table that I sit with that person Brilliant. that we're having the conversation. So you got to set the conditions for the one-on-one. So first, schedule it. Secondly, prepare for it. Third, conduct it in an environment that's conducive to communication. The same is true if you have to do it virtually. You know, we've talked now about, well, the virtual world, we can't be effective. That's not true. We can be effective in the virtual world. We just have to structure the, the conversation so that ahead of time and during the conversation, it's very clear that we're in the moment and we're asking thoughtful questions that are gonna generate meaningful answers that we can do something about, that we can uh, develop from. The final thing I'll say about one-on-ones is, uh, they're not, they should not be entirely performance focused. You can, you can do performance reports you know, even with a poor communication methodology, such as uh, email or text, those are both very poor communication. In fact, I would just call information sharing uh, because you, you know, two thirds of emails are misinterpreted by the recipients anyway, across yeah, it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, via telephone or via Zoom, but most importantly in person, if you, if you can, at least periodically, uh, you know, conduct the one on ones, hold them sacred, and then keep them as a continuing development conversation and not a continuing performance evaluation. There's a big difference there. Development and performance are not the same concepts. Uh, In fact, they are in in many ways quite different. Um, The development model of leadership is really our primary responsibility. We could almost get artificial intelligence to evaluate performance if you have to make a certain number of products or you have to call a certain number of people or you have to process a certain number of documents. Uh, I'm not too sure we won't have a robot sitting over here for long doing that a performance assessment, like a piece rate and a production level. Uh, development's a whole different animal. Here we're looking for potential. Here we're looking for the idea that someone could be more than they are, mm. but we need to help them do it. Mm. Uh, none of us uh, gets to our level of potential uh, on our own or just you know, by waking up in the morning. We and all need l- some help to do that. And that links to your piece around trust and empower um, in, in terms of the, the, the third uh, third principle. Mm-hmm. When you're look focusing on development rather than performance, what are the questions that you're asking? Okay, that's very good, Gavin. You know, I started out by saying, "What's the, the first question would be? What's the biggest challenge you're facing?" Uh, I would normally go from there into, "What do you What do you want to be when you grow up? How is this contributing to achieving your dreams?" And you may get an answer you don't like. Mm-hmm. He or she may say, "The biggest challenge I've faced this week is not contributing to anything I want to be when I grow." I said, "Well, okay, so why don't we start then with what you want to be when you grow up and then we'll use a reverse planning sequence to come back to now and figure out how we connect the dots. Uh, I often use an exercise with, in my one-on-ones where I will ask the person coming into the room, 
just to spend about 30 seconds or so and write down what uh, she did uh, yesterday that contributed to the mission of the organization. A lot of times you get uh, kind of a fish look, like, what? What do you mean? What, that, yeah. what did I do yesterday that contributed to the mission I, of the organization? I love well, that. They, they might not even really be aware of the mission of the organization exactly. because you haven't had that asthma discussion, right? That tells yeah. you one thing right now. Hey, Robert, she doesn't understand the asthma. So you need to step back a little bit and, and, and get in the mirror. So that's where your problem is right now. Yeah. And, you know, if we get to that level and he or she can describe effectively in one-on-one -on -one session what they did yesterday to contribute to the mission of the organization. Now we're getting somewhere. Now we're, we're developing an understanding of, okay, she feels like she is contributing. And then my role here now is to help develop her so that she can contribute to the highest level of her potential based on her dreams. You know, we all have dreams. We just don't ask each other very often what they are. And in that one-on-one -on -one conversation, it leads you straight into those, those questions, lead you straight into, okay, so what do you want to be when you grow up? What are your dreams? And then you, as a leader process, uh, I think you have to ask yourself, how can I contribute to her journey, to achieving her dreams? How can I develop her, help, help her develop to her full potential? Because when I do that, better look out. The organization, if the estimate is clear and you know our, we're walking the talk, uh, you may work yourself out of a job, particularly in the environment that we're in now where there's so much opportunity because people are looking for certainty. They're looking for clarity. The world is so chaotic, it has been so chaotic, that the, if, we, if we don't contribute to that clarity and certainty, then we're just putting gasoline on the fire here. Uh, we need to be the calm and the chaos, as I talked about in principle five, when in charge, take charge. Now is the time to take charge about the azimuth of our organization and the development of the people who are in it. And that will enable our culture to be great. Can I just explore a little bit more about staying calm when, when in charge, take charge? In an environment where things are very unclear and uncertain, and there are a number of conditions affecting the operation of your business that are completely outside of your control, public health concerns, government restrictions, et cetera, um, lockdowns, and the list goes on. And in a, a, a business owner that hasn't had the level of rigor of professional leadership training and, 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 and mental and, and physical training that, that you have had and that the, the people that are around you um, when you were serving had, they're struggling, they're muddling their way through, they're trying to keep their life's work afloat. And they've got however many pairs of eyes looking up to them for answers, and they haven't got them themselves. What advice can you give them about how they can stay calm? Well, the, the, the tool that I like the most in terms of, you know, a, uh, a leadership tool for a senior leader of a, a small or mid-sized team uh, is, this, is the daily self-audit. Okay. I spend 10 to 15 minutes a day uh, completely alone, without distractions, um, not driving down the you know, highway. And I ask myself a couple of key questions. First one is, am I living, that I'm living today according to my personal mission statement? And this is one of the things I help leaders develop is a personal mission statement and personal leadership philosophy. Because I think, again, the first person you have to lead is you. So be the calm and the chaos. You really have to understand who you are. What you need to do. 
the daily audit helps me understand, you know, am I living according to my personal mission statement? Uh, and I will just, I'll just read my personal mission statement for you. It's right beside me where I, where I am in my, in my office. It says, I will serve those I lead or otherwise influence by consistently developing myself and them through personal and professional growth. This mission focus provides me with fulfillment and a sense of purpose and guides my actions to help others achieve their potential. And I look at this 10 or 15 times a day when I'm here in, in my office and I do travel a fair amount, so I'm not always here because I go into companies and organizations to be with them and experience their culture and, and have conversations uh, where possible, you know, with that body language in effect. But I audit myself against my mission statement 10 or 15 minutes a day. And sometimes I don't fare well. Sometimes uh, the shiny objects get a hold of me. I think for leaders in the business and companies right now, we've got to be that calm in the chaos. Auditing yourself against the personal mission statement will help you sustain that sense of personal balance. Remember the four batteries we talked about? You know, all six principles are interconnected here. You can't cherry pick them apart. So they all depend on one another, but the daily audit has really helped me. And I would commend that to any leader of any organization as a tool for his or her toolbox, but you've got to be persistent. Don't do it for three days and declare victory because that's not going to work. Um, does the daily audit, self-audit have any other questions in addition to that one? It does. Uh, the other two that I really like are, what did I plan to do today that I did not get done? And the second one is, what did I get done today, but I didn't do it as well as I could have? So there's a little bit of a, a, a negative bent here, but it's really designed to help us or help me critique myself. Uh, if I, you know, if I don't ask power questions of myself, right, in the audit, then it becomes back to, well, you know, how am I doing? How's it going? You know, yeah. those are not meaningful questions. And, and you have to be able to look in the mirror and respect the person you see because you answer those questions in an open, <laughs> forthright way. I want to probe this, this idea about maintaining calm, even when there are a growing number of external constraints outside or influences outside of your control some of which, many of which have been directly affecting that business's ability to, to trade. I understand the, the merits and I, and I love the, the self-audit and I put myself in the shoes of having gone through that. But then I do also reflect that that, that scenario, all these multiple sets of eyes looking at me as a, as, as the leader, how, and you're also looking at potentially um, eroding profitability or cash flow challenges that someone may have experienced over the last 18 months, um, which, which is an Achilles heel for some business owners. How do you still stay calm? I think you mentioned something earlier on about the power of the team and the empowering, but I, I just, I just want to explore that about that. The, you, you, the level of certainty you must have in order to retain the sense of calm. Well, you've got to, like I said, you, you've got to take care of yourself as a person. And part of the balance discussion that we have with teams and organizations is, what do you do to create personal balance in yourself? Uh, I think you've got to do some things that a lot of leaders don't do well. Uh, you, you've got to have some discipline in, in your sleep. Um, many, about, I don't know, 60 or 70% of American adults are sleep deprived. Mm, yes. uh, that directly affects your ability to think and to be calm. Uh, you've got to have 
you've got to have some rigor of, of your diet. Uh, we don't, I'm not suggesting we all, you know, eat kale three times a day. I'm <laughs> suggesting that you impose some limitations on the type of food you eat because, you know, your body is your engine here. And so you've got to take care of it. Uh, you've got to have some level, I think, some degree of exercise. Uh, I have a, a stretching exercise routine that I do every day. And you can do it right beside your desk, beside your bed. You don't have to you know, buy all kinds of uniforms and equipment and go out and, and do things uh, in that dramatic a fashion. I, I think you, you need to read. I think you need to read uh, case studies of other leaders and other organizations. I think a professional reading program is part of the emotional and mental development, back to my development uh, model here, that I commend to leaders uh, in every organization. On my website, uh, level5associates.com, spell out the five, you'll see a tab for a professional reading list. And those are books that I have read and I hold in high esteem as part of my development. And I would say to you, start a professional reading program of your own and among your team. Uh, so that those two, I, I think, components help you maintain being calm in the chaos. Um, you've got to stay with them, though, and, and you've got to commit to it. And you got to help your team members understand the value of doing that, too. You know, you can't just be an army of one uh, as a leader of the organization. Uh, I, I think we is a much more powerful term than I. And it's and, where vulnerability comes in then to actually admit as a, a leader that you might not know all the answers with this, with a, so much uncertainty. I, absolutely, Gavin, that, that's an excellent point. The finest leaders, the level five leaders. And, and you know, on, on my wall behind me here, you'll see a picture of General Colin Powell, who was, was one of my heroes and uh, was a level five leader I had the privilege to work for. He was chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Um, he, you know, in the John C. Maxwell uses the term person, which I like a lot. You know, General Powell embodied personhood, but he would not hesitate to admit he'd made a mistake. He would not hesitate to be somewhat vulnerable um, at points in time. Now, you have to choose that. I mean, the, the public persona and the private persona inside your team and organization. Sure, uh, sure. You know, there are, there are sort of mini cultures that are, are in effect here. But uh, if you're not a person who's willing to accept uh, responsibility, uh, I don't see how you can lead effectively. And if you can't be vulnerable, I don't see how people are going to connect with you. You know, my favorite quality that I admire and I admired in General Powell and, and others that I've been privileged to serve is that they were genuine. What yeah. you see is what you get. Uh, that's the kind of leader I want to I want to be when I grow up. Uh, that's the one I want to be around. And I want to grow leaders to be far better than me who represent that quality of being genuine. You know, I'm not somebody, uh, I'm not a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of leader. You know, what you see is what you get. Right. And that's so true. And particularly in a airbrushed Instagram age of everything being picture perfect, authenticity, what you see is what you get, is so, it's so potent as a quality. And it, that, I think it resonates with team members inside a company business, the ones I work with where we do the, mentioned the one-on-one -on -one coaching. We also do the workshops in the big six. Um, you know, I have uh, a culture survey that we use. It's in my book, We're All In, uh, used as a tool to benchmark 
the, the pulse of the organization or the ecosystem uh, of the culture. But with customers and clients, I also think it's important to be genuine with them and to reach out and communicate with them. And we have customers all around us. Our team members are customers. The people we provide products and services to are customers. Our community is part of our customer family. We've got to reach out to them and be genuine. We have to communicate. Uh, I'm one of the most successful business leaders I know. Uh, contacts one of his customers every day, wow. even when nothing's wrong, when nothing's, you know, wow. at least he doesn't hear or perceive anything wrong. He reaches out to one of them. And he's got a whole bunch, but even if you've only got five, you know, reach out to one of them once a week and simply say, Gavin, I'm checking in with you uh, to let you know that uh, here's the here's the way the com company's operating right now as I, as I see us. Uh, you know, we may face a backlog of a little bit coming up here in a week or so because we've got a supply chain challenge, but we'll get, we'll work through that. And I've got some estimated dates of completion, but I wanted to check in with you and say, you know, what else can, uh, what else can I do, we do to better serve you? And just have that conversation. Yeah. Uh, so powerful. And, you know, if we don't reach out to the people we serve, how are we going to know what we need to know? Yeah. Yeah. This is so, so true and very powerful. And, and yet at a time when people are scrabbling to catch up, the locus of attention, the focus can go inward within a culture rather than outward to your customers, to your supply chain, that collaborative approach about we're in this together, let's work it out together as a team. I think that's such a powerful reminder to, it's a brilliant reminder to be reaching out on a regular basis and, you know, weekly basis and speaking to your customers. Yeah, it's part of thinking strategically and acting. Okay. Go back to that drum beat, right? As the leader of an organization, you've got to be a strategic leader who thinks tactically and teaches other members of your team to do that as well, because they're going to emulate your behaviors. They're going to model your behavior. And if you're thoughtful and deliberate about developing others, about developing your customers, about setting your asthma, about listening, uh, doing the right thing. I mean, these are part of the way you do, way you are who you are as a leader. It's going to cascade throughout the organization. And now's the opportunity more than ever, or maybe ever before, because the uncertainty level is so high and the anxiety level is so high. People are looking for the calm in the chaos. Now, the other aspect I would commend is a tool for the leader toolbox for the small and medium business audience out there is reach out and establish some connectivity with either a peer, near peer colleague, someone that you can perhaps even ask to be a mentor. Uh, you know, I, I was privileged to have a couple of mentors in my career. And I, I really kind of consider that part of my role now in some kind. You know, the, the idea of being a trusted advisor. I think more yeah. and more business leaders would benefit from having a trusted advisor. Sure. Someone they could reach out to and just say, hey, Gavin, I, today, my daily self-audit, I failed in all three questions. You know, I'm not getting anywhere and I'm having trouble thinking strategically and the dog ate my homework. And all. So, <laughs> so just, you know, have that conversation and then you listen, right, for a few minutes and say, okay, so, you know, what are you going to do tomorrow and kind of help him or her get rebooted for tomorrow? 
or in terms of that roadmap I, I help leaders develop. And, and uh, I, I trust this is not all shameless self-promotion because that's not the intent here. Uh, my purpose in life, I told you my mission statement, I want to give back. And that's what I'm, what I'm seeking to do every day here is to give back and, and hopefully help other leaders not make all the mistakes I made and become far better leaders than I was ever privileged to be. But that re- outreach and really help uh, sustain the balance, sustain the calm and the chaos, and create that sense of purpose and alignment in yourself and in your team that we really need right now. We really need it. Uh, we do. Uh, I see uh, people's em- uh, tolerance, empathy, patience being eroded, tempers flaring a lot quicker, intolerance increasing. And what I love about what you've just taken us through is it's all integrated. It starts actually with two really fundamental pieces. It starts with self, leadership of self, and it starts with azimuth. And everything else comes back to those two things. And, and I love that. And I think in a time where we have, just to kind of round that off, is that we have a time now with such uncertainty, there's an opportunity to provide certainty, to provide clarity. And mm-hmm. it's the leaders of this world in business and in other endeavors that actually have the personal fortitude, insights, and um, awareness to be able to do that. You know, in a professional development program for individuals and teams, I think that awareness is one of the outcomes of a development program. People become yeah. more self-aware and they become more aware of their, their, their cultural well-being and they're attuned to that, uh, which again is part of that strategic thinking uh, framework. Robert, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. This is a, a, a wonderful topic that we could no doubt spend a lot of time um, exploring and debating. For anybody that wants to find out more about how you and your team at Level of Five Associates can, can be of service, how do they do so? Go to our website, www.level5associates.com. There's a contact us page there. You can also read uh, through my collection of blogs and uh, articles uh, said I've also written a few books and and uh, if you want to copy the ebook who saw this coming but now what do we do we'll provide that to you as well and if you if you reach out on the contact page and you don't hear back from me then uh, I'm probably dead <laughs> it's not another personal commitment from yourself so uh major general robert w mixon jr thank you so much for your time and um your insights around leadership and a very holistic approach that is will be of great service to everybody in business now. Thank you. Thanks, Gavin. I wish you all well. God bless you. Hey, Gavin here. Here's the standout moments to me from that conversation with uh, Robert. You know, those six pillars again. Number one, set your azimuth. The mission, the mission, the intent, the values, the culture of your business. Number two, um, about the importance of listening, listening to understand. Three, trust and empower. Four, do the right thing when no one is looking. Five, when in charge, take charge and stay calm. Number six, balance the personal and the professional. Remember, the first person you have to lead is you. And in times where people are looking for certainty and clarity, now's the time when you take charge. Be sure to stay calm. And remember, Robert's daily self-audit can be a real tool to help you keep a uh, reflection on what's going on, but help you to stay calm and continually improve. 
You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success and create more impact.